Kia and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today we're talking reputation. Welcome back listeners to another episode of the Destinate NZ Show. Hope you're all having a fabulous week and sorry we missed you last week. I know I've had a few people reach out saying they're looking forward to the next episode. Here we are. It was just one of those weeks last week. You know how it goes. I'm sure there's a lot of you in the same situation. Now, There's been a lot of talk in the press in the past week or so about the challenges that we're having as an industry and finding staff and judging by the follow-up press, this is impacting on the customer experience. So there's talk of customers being asked to make their own beds, for example. Goodness gracious me, what is the world coming to? Now, I'm assuming this is the media's way of betraying the message that rooms will only be serviced every second day or something similar to that due to a shortage of housekeeping staff in a lot of hotels. Now, We've got our tourism minister talking about attracting high value travellers on the one hand, while the immigration minister just thinks we all need to pay more to find staff. And it's actually quite laughable when you think through the messaging of these ministers at times. And I'm actually starting to wonder if they're on the same team. But you know what scares me the most and why I wanted to discuss it today is What does this mean for New Zealand's reputation? Are you concerned that all of this media coverage outlining the industry's flaws will affect our reputation offshore? Or worse still, impact on the current travellers' experience whilst they're here in New Zealand? We know that this shortage of staff is a worldwide issue at the moment and every day we're hearing stories about flight cancellations, baggage being lost and massive queues and attractions overseas. So there's part of me that thinks that most people traveling right now kind of understand that things may not be perfect. But what can we do as operators to mitigate the risk for our businesses and importantly, the wider industry? It feels to me like we have this unique challenge at the moment with cost of living skyrocketing, which has a massive impact on our operating costs. Let's be real about that. So meaning more times than not, we've had to increase our prices. But with a lack of staff and no real rainy day fund left in the kitty after the last two years, it seems we're running the risk of providing less for a whole lot more. Now, the easy option is to sit back and blame the government for making it too hard to get visas, too expensive to recruit staff and criticise Tourism New Zealand for not having a working holiday campaign in market. And whilst all of these would certainly help us, I do believe there's also some things that we can do in our businesses as well. So if we start with customer experience, there's an opportunity here to review what we offer to our customers and how we deliver it. I talked last year about the Skift mega trends, and one of them was the unbundling and bundling of experiences. And no, I'm not talking about combos. This is where you can really look at your customer insights to see what is driving each person to your business, what services they're enjoying, and what's currently being wasted. Because I'm sure if we delved really deeply into some of these insights, we'd see there's a whole lot of work that we're doing that 
isn't really being enjoyed by our customers and doesn't make them recommend your business and become raving advocates because at the end of the day that has to be our number one goal at the moment so if we take accommodation for example there are ways that you can offer a full service option for a premium versus a DIY dare I say make your own bed option for a little less and if you don't have enough housekeepers to clean every room every day Put this into the package price so then you can start to pay your housekeepers a little bit more. Now, I know I don't change my sheets at home every day. I don't know if I'm in the minority. I'm assuming that I'm not. So I certainly don't expect it when I go on holidays. And in actual fact, if my bed doesn't get made while I'm on holidays, is that really a big deal either? I mean, it's pretty easy to do it yourself. Do it every day. When I go on holidays, that's not one of the things for me personally that I'm looking for. I would much rather have a nice spa or pool to relax in or a day spa to go and spend some time in rather than have somebody come in and make my bed for me. And actually, I think about how much water is wasted in cleaning sheets every day as well. So that's obviously something that I'm keen to avoid as much as possible as well. But I know when I'm traveling for business, I value different things to what I value when I'm traveling to the same hotels for a holiday break. So maybe look at ways you can break down your customer personas to really dig deep into what they're looking for and build packages that work for them and you. As an activity or attraction provider, I kind of feel this is quite simple and forgive me if I am oversimplifying this, But it's about outlining really clearly what your experience will entail for the customer prior to them booking. Can you provide transfers? Will there be snacks included? How many times a day can you realistically offer a trip with the staff you have on hand? Are there other activity operators you can team up with to provide something extra for your customers? I've said it before and I will keep saying it. Make it clear. Put it on your website. If your product or experience has changed, don't be afraid to outline that up front. It's also important here to break down your customer personas to find their pain points in their customer journey with you. How many of you look at customer personas versus segments? Now, let's start with the difference between customer segments and personas. First, segmentation allows a brand to understand different sets or groups of customers. This might tell us where a particular group lives, their age range, and maybe even some of their typical buying behavior. Now, if you think about a a traditional one that we talk quite a lot about in tourism, it might be couples in their 20s that live in Auckland, for example. So we start with that. But if we look at customer personas, this allows brands to better understand these homogenous groups and to recognize key traits within them. Now, let's face it, all of those couples in their 20s that live in Auckland all have different attitudes. They have different motivations. They have different things that they value in brands and they have different media and kinds of communication that they prefer. So this is the sort of stuff that we'd want to look at when we're building customer personas. So how do you do that? Well, I always say, talk to your real customers. They're 
the ones who are already choosing you and connecting with you. So use the research on real customers to build a much more detailed picture of your hypothetical customer, including this far more emotive information such as personal motivations and the kinds of communication that they prefer. And once you've developed these personas for your ideal customers, I usually recommend three to four for each business, depending on the type of business that you have. It's a good idea to then map out a negative persona. So this is someone that you don't want to attract to your business. It really helps when it comes to targeting your messaging and knowing where not to spend your money because money is tight. So we want to be able to only talk to our ideal customers and get rid of all of those negative personas who we don't want to attract to our business. You're just going to waste time responding to their Facebook complaints or dealing with their negativity towards your brand. So yeah, take some time to look at your negative persona. Okay, now take a look at the journey that each of your customer personas take until they actually come and experience your product and here it's also important to look at what they do after experience your seeing your product as well because word of mouth and reviews and how they talk about your product after they experience it is something that we should all be super focused on at the moment so what are they expecting at each point along the way can they easily print your details can they find you on a map can they compare your tour options in order to make a decision on which one is best for them Is there some real-time support available if they need to get in touch? So the customer journey is going to be a little bit different for each persona. For example, Sarah, the CMO who's staying in your hotel, will go about booking completely differently to how Andrew, the US traveler, will. And it's important to understand not only how they book, but how they interact with every touch point of your business along their purchase journey. So this will help you form a picture of what's important for each of your customer personas and where you currently have waste in your system. So for each stage of your journey, there's a few things that you should try to identify. What were their goals? What did they want to achieve? What did they expect the process would be like? What were the steps and touch points they used to complete the stage? How did they feel emotionally during each touch point exercise and why? Other thoughts that they may have had during the stage and how long did it take them to complete it? Now, more than ever, customer experience is one of the most important things we can provide and control in our business. What's another? Well, going hand in hand with customer experience is employee experience. Great employee experience usually leads to great customer experience. And we've got some awesome examples of that when we look at the employer of choice finalists in the Tourism Awards last year. So go back and have a listen to some of those episodes to just see some of the ideas that they've implemented in their business to create a great employee experience. 
there is a very clear correlation between the two. You need your employees to become raving fans of your business and advocates for other team members who may be looking to join you. It's not always about money. Staff are looking for opportunities to learn, to diversify, experience new things too. So how can you incorporate that into some of the ways you run your business? Now, my final step is to tell the world about it. I do have concerns that some of this media noise about the industry not being ready, not having enough staff, not being able to provide great experiences will affect us and not in a good way. So I think it's important that we balance that out with some of the great stuff that we're doing as well. So if you're a hotel that's not able to service rooms every night, what else can you offer as a value add or delighter to your guests? I saw one hotel offering a free cocktail happy hour. And now this is really popular in the States. I've attended quite a few of these while I've been traveling. And it's a great way to mingle and meet new people as well. We've met some really cool people in the cocktail happy hour in the hotels that we've been staying at from all around the world. Could you offer a free walking tour of your town? Could you invite operators in to do an info night once a week about what there is to see and do in town? Can you throw in free Wi-Fi if you don't already? So I hope that's some food for thought anyway. I would love to hear from you all as to what you think this media coverage may do for us as an industry. Are you also concerned? Sometimes... There's a balancing act between getting a message out, for example, our immigration issues, and being portrayed in a negative light, like the please make your own bed headlines. And I'm not convinced we've quite got that balance right yet as an industry. Or even better, tell me about your amazing customer experience. What are you doing differently in your business? Come and have a chat with me on the show so we can tell the world about you. And if you'd like to know more, I do run customer experience workshops alongside my business planning, marketing strategy and other tourism workshops. So get in touch if you'd like to know more or book something for your team. Well, that's all for this week, everybody. Have a great week. We will be back next week with a special guest and we'll chat to you then. Happy day. 